Ladies and gentlemen, it's time yet again for another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk. And on the other line, oh my God, I can't believe it. It's Aaron Lauder. Aaron, how you doing, buddy? Hi, Johnny. I am honored and thrilled to be here as always. Thank you for having me. Good to see you. We're lucky to have you. We're happy to have you. We're not going to fuck around. Hey, Aaron, eat anything good lately? I have. Um, I was going back and forth on what to talk about, but I think I'm going to discuss on Christmas Day, there is a, a relatively new Afghan restaurant in town. Okay. So they were open for takeout. So we got takeout from there. And I had had it once before, but this time I we ordered something called kafta, which is a, a meatball dish in this like chickpea and tomato and onion sauce. There you go. It was just incredible. Just, um, yeah, plate of meatballs, some bread. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've never had Afghan food before, but I've been there twice now, and it's it's really incredible. I don't know what spices and stuff they use, but it's pretty good. Is the, is the spelling of that K A F T A? Yes. No. It could be K O F T A. K, do you think it's KO? I think it's KO. I love it. It sounds great. Uh, when, where is this place? How close is it to your house? Uh, it's it's fairly close. Um, I don't know if you all remember Neil's kind of that main street that runs straight yeah. through town. Um, so it's off Neil, and I'm west, you know, toward where I uh, on the west end of town. So I don't know. It's what's off your, on the way. What, what's your address? My address is twenty three zero five Aspen Drive. Do you find that disrespectful to Sauce Talk that you don't mind giving that out? I kind of do. Uh, you know, I started to answer, and then I realized, wait a minute. I don't know if that's a good idea, but I thought it would be better radio if I just kept going. So you, that, that's your real answer? That that, that was correct maybe. what you said? Maybe. Or, or maybe it's up in the air. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Maybe some of it was right and some of it wasn't. Okay. Well, hey, any listeners, uh, 2305-something-something, go there. Uh, kill whoever's inside, and if Aaron Lauder's dead, you found his house. <laughs> Mystery solved. Mystery solved. Uh, Aaron, it's time uh, for our tiny sub-segment that follows each week, it seems, these days. Drink anything good right now. I am drinking something good right now. What y'all got? Um, it's actually my first drink since the new year. I was, uh, so you were trying to do dry January, and I wrecked it for you. I was thinking about it, but I had had uh, some barbecue or stuff earlier today, so today turned out to be an you had some what? Day anyway. Like barbecue. Oh, I was trying okay. to be sure. Uh, you know, overall healthy. Got some, you know, doctor's orders again, um, but today be- turned into a cheat day anyway. So I thought, what the hell? There you go. Uh, so yeah, I, I got an old fashioned that Jordan made me, <laughs> and um, my boss always hands me. You know, toward the end of the year, he cleans out his liquor cabinet, I guess, and just shows up with a crate full of liquor for me to take home and then have around for guests and stuff. Sure. So I've got a, a 10-year-old single-barrel whistle pig bourbon here. Well, that sounds um, just fine, doesn't it? It's pretty good, yeah. So, um, no, I'm sorry. It's not it's rye. Um, so All the better. Got a nice bottle, and Jordan did a good job here with my cherry and everything in there. So I'm enjoying very nice old-fashioned. Uh, what what is your old fashioned recipe of choice? Do you have any idea on uh, content slash proportions? So I don't recall the exact por- proportions we usually use. Um, Do not I think call it, anyone in here to quiz them about that. that is beyond what I want you to do. Just no, how, how do you I, like I, an old fashioned? How you do it? 
Uh, this is, I believe it's basically just an ounce of, or an ounce or two or whatever it is, of bourbon. I think it's just like a splash of simple syrup and a dash of bitters with the cherry in it. I think that's all it is. Doing and I keep looking to my to my side here. There's um, We had a few people over and Jordan had set up cocktail stations. And so the recipe was on there for a second um, for everybody to follow. And now I don't see it. So that's what I was looking for. I'll, I'll obviously hear more about these cocktail stations and the circumstances that they came up. How did, what, 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 uh, what's this about? So we had um, like a pre-holiday get-together here. Pre, Pre-Christmas? Yeah, pre-Christmas. Okay. So it was like whatever the week before that was. I and bet it was so, started with the 18th or so. Uh, it was right around then. Yeah, it was yeah. after uh, we had been out of town. So anyway, um, so Jordan just set up a nice little thing in the house. We had um, – she made a cocktail of some sort, like a punch um, that was – non-alcoholic but then we had uh, a whiskey you could add to it i think and then she had the this set up and i believe she was gonna do an eggnog drink but we didn't have what we needed eggnog? So I think she up, <laughs> yeah pretty much uh, uh i think uh, we went with white russians is what we had set up so we go. just had everything set up for whatever cocktail you want to make yourself and the uh, proportions laid out so people were able to do something a little more interesting and and but that, that's also fun because it lets people make the versions they want. And also, right, exactly. you don't end up with like, well, we made four times too much of every drink as we should have. And so now it's like, do you want to just try to swallow all the leftover white Russian? Like, no, it's right. just in bottles. Put it away. We'll have it another day. That, that, that sounds like a really good way to handle that. Yeah, it was. An, she does. Uh, she did a good job. Um, putting good everything job we had gingerbread houses and stuff. Yeah. What do you mean you had gingerbread houses? We built gingerbread houses. We had a little... Uh, this sounds like a heck of a hullabaloo you guys had. You got, you got drink stations and, and gingerbread houses for people to make? Yeah, so we had we had just gotten back from a, a trip, and it was just like three days later, and then it was and then the next weekend was Christmas. So I didn't want to have anything to do with any of this mm-hmm. um, because I was tired of doing things. Uh, but she put it all together. So, yeah, we made gingerbread houses and... Uh, watched had the, some Christmas music on and made our cocktails. How so, many people came to this party? We're, I know I know we do this every time, but we're gonna get into how popular Aaron Lauder is. It was the holidays. Uh, oh, he's already crazy. tried to make us feel better about how many. I just you tell me how many people came to this. I think we party. had ten or twelve. Ten or twelve okay. people over. Yeah. Uh, I am also. Ooh, I said I started to say drinking something good tonight. I don't know if that's true. I yet again have a weird drink in my hand. It is an absolute grapefruit Paloma. Okay. I mean, you have a lot of hope for that? I don't. I mean, I do like a a Paloma. I love a Paloma. That that is what drew me into it. Uh, Is it carbonated there? Is that that what's going on there? It is described as sparkling. Okay. Ready to drink with grapefruit and lemon flavor. Now, I don't necessarily think of lemon as a major Paloma flavor. Yeah, that's a a little weird to me. It does say it's made with natural flavors, which you telling me only makes me think less of it. Um, It also says, enjoy chilled straight from the can. Or, if you're feeling fancy, 
serving a cocktail glass with garnish. Well, you telling me I could drink it straight from the can does not make me feel fancy. So I'm <laughs> going to just drink it out of the can. And uh, oh, there, I'm just just for Aaron. There's a pretty picture of me putting it in like a highball glass. That's not really the cocktail glass you claimed I should put it in, but that's fine. Uh, we're gonna I'm gonna taste it now. All right. It sucks. Uh, really? It's, oh no! It's uh, extremely like sweet red grapefruit, which I'm not against in general, but oh, like. Okay. It, not a Paloma. Yeah, I was like, just we know what a Paloma, Paloma tastes like, Paloma. and it ain't this. Uh, Paloma tastes like squirt. Uh, it should taste yeah. like like full sugar squirt, like Mexican soda. And uh, this ain't it. That's okay. It's not terrible. I'm going to drink it. But uh, absolute grapefruit Paloma is some bullshit. But Good to know. What do you expect? I got this at Target like an hour and a half ago. So when you've tried some of these weird drinks on the podcast lately, are those are you buying those just by the can, or do you have now six other grapefruit palomas in your refrigerator? You got four. Oh bummer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I will drink all of them. Like, it, and and I, I should note as well, it varies a lot. Many of the things I buy, I can buy in a one pack, and obviously when I can, I do. But today. Uh, and I was at uh, the mini Target that comes up so very frequently on this podcast. And they don't got any, like, solo whatevers. And also, like, I had not thought about it and was not going to get anything. And I was like, I guess I could wander through there and get a thing. And also, like, I complain, but I want to say this was, like, $11 for four of them. So was it going to be right. good? Probably never. I also held in my hand a small glass jar of some sort of margarita or something that uh, purported to be two drinks. So that was also twelve dollars. That's so like at least I didn't buy that. Yeah, like, yeah, you're like it's off. it's it's whatever. This whole segment, nay, this whole podcast, it's <laughs> whatever. We're doing it. It's good that we're doing it, right? No, I, uh, I love it. No, you open yeah. with no. I say it's good that we do it. I hear no is the first word. This is an interesting episode already. Yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll generate a lot of comments. So that's what we want engagement. Yeah, engagement through the roof. Yeah. Aaron, it's time to discuss the podcast playlist game. Nailed it. Uh, it's called I Like This Better. And what we do is we make a playlist collectively as a group. And uh, the only thing you have to do is add a song to the playlist that you like better than every other song on the playlist. And this time we are doing a special themed version. And we're only doing 70 songs. So before we even start, let me go ahead. I'll list the songs on the playlist. And keep in mind, Aaron is the guest. Just has to add a song to the playlist that he likes better than any of these songs. One, Tupelo Honey by Van Morrison. Two, Pink Moon by Nick Drake. Three, Lost in the Supermarket by The Clash. Four, Funny How Time Slips Away by Al Green. And five, Lovely Day by Bill Withers. Uh, Aaron, what do you think of those songs? 
I think it's a great set of songs, and I wouldn't have been surprised if I may have gone with Bill Withers if I had been on earlier. So that's a so Bill Withers a is a favorite song. of yours. It sounds like. I mean, there's there's definitely a few that are are very highly regarded by me. So and it, it, that's is, a, is that's lovely a pretty day good among song. them. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Is it um, your favorite Bill Withers song? You know, I. I was thinking about that, and it had, I think it depends on the day. I think most days. What if it's a lovely day? He said, grinning I mean, like an asshole. I really do think that if I'm in a good mood, my lovely day might might uh, you know hit me a little better. But ain't no sunshine. I think is one that even, even if I'm in a good mood, yeah. I can just really appreciate what he does there. And, and uh, so that that probably would have been the one I would open with. Ain't no sunshine is my favorite as well, but yeah. both impeccable songs top so top so that was a big move um and i was worried about it but i I want to call do you want to call like it was it was vicky who added that do you want to do you want to call her out and say you think she she jumped too high there no no i mean it's it's a good song because you're afraid of vicky very but also correct um you know there's other good songs that were there too so you got to go somewhere um so it was going to be she had to pick a good song anyway so now, before you go, I just want to throw this out there. I previously had been telling people about this good song I knew, but I didn't know what it was called. It goes like this. I'm going to go up the country. Where do you want to go? And then, uh, you know that song? I'm not sure if I do. Uh, you know it. But uh, John Huber was on the podcast, and he's like, God damn it, Johnny, that song's from the 60s. It's like, fuck. So we can't do that one. But... I got a new song. I can so this is like uh, a helpful thing I do for the guest. Maybe maybe you want to consider this song. You ready for this? Sure. You want a whole lot of love? Down. You want a whole lot of love? Down. You know that song? Led Zeppelin. Oh oh yeah okay yeah. I was so like maybe it you could do that. Familiar. That's a really good one. That is a good one. And yeah, once I started, you know, really thinking about the seventies, I, I thought there were some places I could go, but just yeah, I just want to give a shout out actually to Vicky. Lovely Day is a great choice. So we all agree that the songs on the list are good, and I think we might even all agree. Uh well, you and I agree. The most recent song added by Vicky is the best song on the playlist. I think that's easily true. I would agree for sure. Yeah. And you, but do you think you've got something that one ups that? Possibly the song I just suggested. Not the song you suggested, although it, it, it is a good one. But I, I did come up with a song that I, I feel pretty comfortable saying I like better than the okay. other songs on the playlist. It's Heroes by David Bowie. Heroes by David Bowie. Do you want to sing a little bit of it? Nope. Okay, that's fair. Uh, why do you like Heroes by David Bowie so much? I, I really like... Uh, just have the song kind of builds on itself and you just, I don't know, I feel like I get, anytime my song comes on, um, I just get kind of tied into it and just kind of strap in for the ride. And I, I just, uh, yeah, it's a, I think it's like a, you know, a small song about this one couple, you know, that whatever wants to be heroes together, but it just, I don't know. It gets, uh, how do I phrase it? It's, uh, you know, it's just about, does it make you think yeah. that you will be king? It does not make me think I will be king, but, you know, 
I think we all have those days where we feel like we might be a king, and that just kind of taps into that a little bit and makes me enjoy those moments. I think bit. every man deserves to be a king. Don't don't you love Jordan Peterson? <laughs> uh, you tied me into that when I was agreeing with you until the end there. <laughs> uh, no, that's a wonderful song, and we should not associate David Bowie with known shit brains, Jordan Peterson. Um, but this, this is a great song. I love this song completely. We are going so high so fast this time. Like, does this playlist, does this playlist have three more songs on it? Take a, take a guess. I would guess no. I, I feel like three, three might be the limit. Yeah. Um, like we are really hitting this stuff, but also what's wrong with that? Sound bad about that? It's going to be a perfect playlist. So it's a perfect day. Perfect day. Perfect day. Perfect day. Don't you love that song? I do love that one as well. You know, the other one had a few, maybe a few songs that, you know, you, you hit skip on when you get through it. So maybe name this them, be... name them. Uh, I don't know the name of the one. Don't say Alex Cameron. <laughs> Alex Cameron rules, but he didn't play my song at his show. So I hate him now. Oh, no, really? Was that after the podcast? Yeah, that sucked. After you publicly... For him and he didn't that? bring a fucking full band to the show. Live music is bullshit. We've been through this. Sorry to hear, Johnny. Hey, man, it's okay. Uh, we're extremely excited. What? A, you know what? If you just heard, like, hey, I got a new playlist I've enjoying. Like, oh, yeah, well, anything good on it? Heroes by David Bowie. God damn, what a good playlist. I better put it on soon. So, absolutely. You get out there, hanging out, driving your car. Ooh, I know a good playlist. Put that 70s thing on. Be doing well. No, so far, it's definitely a playlist I can put on for a short drive. So we're, yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes. Hopefully, it goes longer than I think it will. I hope it becomes a song for a playlist for a long drive. That said, I, I get to start adding songs at 10. I don't think I'm adding one song to this playlist. Well, I hope you get to. I'm sure you get some good ones ready to go. Yeah. I told you about a whole lot of love. <laughs> uh, Aaron. What's your favorite outfit? So what's the uh, it's the standard there? The one I like wearing the most? The one I feel like I look best in? With the... I think ultimately you should make the decision yourself. But I okay. really like the idea of the outfit you are most excited to put on. And I know that is certainly not likely to be aligned with like what you wear the most frequently. Right. But we were like, oh my gosh, you know what? You know what I could do? You know what I could do for this? I think this might make sense. That that's that's my favorite definition of it. But ultimately you have to decide for yourself. You know what? Actually I think I have a good answer for this. So um so we we went to a we took a beach trip recently. Where'd you go? And uh we went to the Cayman Islands. There you go. Um so I knew we wanted to go out to like a couple nicer dinners. And but I don't like wearing pants in general, and especially not when I'm trying to relax on a beach. So your favorite stuff. outfit is the Winnie Pooh outfit. The Winnie the Pooh shirt cocking it. Um, but uh, no, so I bought these linen pants. Oh, linen which, pants is a fantastic start. Hell they're yeah. a, they're a drawstring, so love that's love it. Love that's it. incredible. And so now between you know I've got like these kind of hiking pant jogger things that aren't really very rugged. Those have jawstrings. 
and now I've got these linen plants, pants with jawstrings. I don't have to wear a button or a snap outside of the office these days. It's pretty nice. <laughs> so I bought these linen pants to wear uh, while we went out to dinner down there. And then I also found this long sleeve linen shirt um, that actually fits me fairly well and I'm com- and it's comfortable so I can have like, you know, it's buttoned, but it doesn't feel tight or anything. So I'm going to say that outfit is right now. I think I look okay in it. I'm very comfortable. So that's just the best of both worlds. Are these like light, light beige linen standard, which you think of, or what, 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 what is the color scheme here? So I do have a pair of the light, light beige pants. Okay. Um, but the particular ones I'm thinking of are like a darker gray and they're actually a little thicker too. Thickle so they look, thickle. Did I say uh, thickle? I, I did because uh, Lizzo, she says that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thought I was snoring. No, I, no, no I, I'm the one who says that fucking shit. <laughs> right. You might think you're Midwe- Midwestern, but I'm more Midwestern than you. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it's a bit of a thicker uh, pant than the other one, so it looks a little nicer, I think. Okay. Uh, Classier the when you're of... going to your fancy like island dinner. Right, exactly. So... Sounds amazing. Yeah, I, I wore the other ones at like you know the beach bar, the beach bar. But for the nice dinner, I had to put the nice ones on. Yeah, the nice drawstring pants, which is a pretty. That's a bar I'm comfortable with. Do you think people know their drawstring Vacation. pants, or do you like you like fold the drawstrings back in? So they like, oh, there must be a button. I just his belly's hanging over, so I don't know. I, that's I'm getting away with that all the time. Uh, so I with the lighter ones, I intentionally let the drawstrings dangle because I want people to know I'm relaxed. But okay. for the great ones, I tuck it in a little bit. So there that you go. That, that's a good cool. move. Yeah. So that's that's a new outfit that I actually felt pretty good in, and uh, uh, Jordan liked it. So yeah, that, that's, that's, that's that was going to be my follow-up. Jordan liked this outfit. She loves it. Yeah. Yeah. What's Jordan wearing to an event like this? When you're wearing this, what's she wearing? Jordan had like a, a dress, a green, like short dress, like a knee-length dress. She looked great. Is so. You think? I mean, to me, a knee-length dress and a short dress are distinguishable. I would agree with that, which is why I uh, corrected myself a bit by saying knee-length. So, so you, you, so it was a knee-length, a green knee-length dress. Yep, I think that's the, the exactly what she was wearing on that that dinner. Sounds great. I've worn that outfit since. Uh, so. You, you wore the dress since then. Exactly. So yeah. if I was like, that dress looks pretty good. Next on that, you, but dress. wait till you see this fucking shit. Curves right, exactly. like fuck, dangerous curves ahead. Aaron shouted <laughs> yeah. as he put his girlfriend's dress, his fiance's dress on. There we go. Which of Jordan's clothes are you most excited to wear? Uh, she's got some nice hoodies. Yeah. That I wish that if used it, to be mine. They, yeah. And if I lose a little bit of weight, they'll be mine again. So I'll go with those. Is that, is that what you're basically living for these days? That's all I got. I could have three free hoodies in the future. <laughs> yeah. What a dream that would be. Three free hoodies and all my old jeans. Yeah, that would be great. So. Fuck them jeans. Uh, Aaron, so. what sauce are you bringing to the table this week? So I just had this like an hour ago. So, um, kind of off the cuff here, my dad for Christmas bought me, um, or brought me this homemade barbecue sauce from a neighbor of his down in rural Tennessee. Oh boy. 
And so I don't, you know, there's no ingredients on the label or anything like that. There is no label. Uh, I know it's strawberry based rather than like tomato based. And so Jordan made it tonight. She made some pulled pork sandwiches with it and it was really good. It was just, it was just different enough, a little sweeter. Um, but that, that was fantastic. There was also like a, a rub from the same neighbor that she had put on the, the pork before um, cooking it. So uh, altogether, that was a really nice meal. So I, I, I know I keep bringing sauces that people can't just go get. Um, that's the baller ass move though. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that's good sauce. You'll never get I'm it. I'm over. I'm on over. Um, so yeah, it's like the strawberry based barbecue sauce. It was, it was really good. It's a thicker than like the vinegar sauces, but not quite as thick as like a Kansas City really sweet Fair. barbecue yeah, sauce. That makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. I'm writing down strawberry based homemade barbecue sauce from Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's homemade. Yeah. Like, I don't think, I don't think they have like a business or anything. So it sounds amazing. It was very good. Yeah. So it was excellent. I got, I got most of it left. If anybody wants to come down. Now, if somebody comes down though, like they just, this, what's your address again? 2305. 2305, something, something. something. Yeah. You'll find me earlier. And, it's. I don't think that's from the part of the show that I'm debating whether or not I will be be deleting. So when you go back there, it should still all be there. Whatever he said. Did you say the real address though? Yeah, I didn't remember. I don't remember. Do you want me to take it out? No, I'm fine. And then what about the other thing I said? I mean, I, I I do think most of your listeners have my address, but you never know who might. That's a good point. I could probably in. look in my phone and read your address. On the show. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that'll be a new running uh, bit on the show. Is I read Aaron's address into the record and it was like it's just so we remember if anyone the, the needs to kill Aaron Lauder he lives at 2305 and then I'll find out what the rest of it is the good news is I, I think um, anybody who I would be worried about would or would not be worried about knows it's champagne so the street address doesn't do anybody I don't know any good so hopefully we can go with that yeah except I just said it's in champagne now so Champ- what state though? It could be Champagne, France. It could be. Yeah. Do you live in France? We'll leave it at that. Oh boy. This just gets more and more complicated, folks. Um, <laughs> it's time for our easily least popular segment. And the segment I'm going to have to do a bunch of unfortunate timestamps for. Uh, I initially was going to, I had a thing in my notes toward, for towards the end of the podcast. We were going to, I was going to have a segment called flex on how we didn't talk about the Cubs or the bears. And then when I told Aaron that he was like, you know what else we could do there? There could just be a segment where we talk about the Cubs and the bears. And guess what? That's going to happen instead. And so for the listener, if you were still here and you do not want Cubs and or Bears talk, uh, you you fucked up because I dropped it into the show notes and possibly even into the message to you. So you shouldn't be here. It's a bad job by you. But for the rest of us, oh, and I'm not splitting it up. If you only want to hear about the Bears, too bad. <laughs> Cubs coming first. Uh, do you think it's good the Cubs aren't signing or trading for anyone? 
God damn it, Johnny. So, no, I don't. I don't oh, think you don't good. think so, huh? Me no. neither. <laughs> I don't think it's good that they have done – I mean, li- I don't think literally anything, right? Like three or four minor league deals yeah, that's maybe. I, I, I don't get it. Like every other team, the, the Reds are spending money. The White Sox are doing things. I don't understand it. In my head, maybe they've got something brewing that we don't know about because they, they do kind of come out of nowhere every once in a while and stuff. They seem to be good about that. But if their entire offseason is going to be, you know, Bellinger and Stroman, minus Bellinger and Stroman plus Craig Council, what are we doing? What? Well, that, that's what like a good way to, to win 73 games. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I mean, I guess we take Council away from the Brewers. We're hoping they win 72. No, no, the, the, Brewer, the Brewers were much better than us, and it was not. They were not merely Craig Council better than the Cubs last year. Before you start subtracting the Cubs' best starting pitcher and <laughs> outfield and position player off the team, Jesus. Um, well, maybe let Jed Hoyer know. So that seems to be his plan, man. I sometimes I look at it and it's like, what if this is gonna work? And what if we're, the Cubs are just gonna sign like like I don't I don't like Bellinger as a fit, and I don't I I also what do you what do you think of Matt Chapman? I don't hate Matt Chapman. I it depends on the deal, like anything. Um, yeah, it does seem like a Hoyer move, um, because you're probably not gonna pay him nearly what you would pay, you know, a top flight guy at this point. And it's probably going to be a shorter deal. Mm-hmm. So it would make sense. I know he didn't have a good year last year, but generally he's been a decent hitter, better than what we've had at that position in a minute. Um, but, you know, it's just we, we did this last year with first base. It not, I think Chapman's better than Mancini and Hosmer, but you just keep getting these bargain bin guys, and it turns out they're not any good. So well, then, I by, mean, Chapman's going to come June, at a much, much, much higher price than those bargain bin guys, even right, at a the, price yeah. To me, the unfortunate comparison with Chapman is that it's more like another. It's like you know, Swanson is a good, valuable player. He hits like a league average guy and plays good defense. And Horner is a good, valuable player. He hits like league average and plays really good defense. And like at some point, somebody actually has to be an actual really good hitter. And the idea of adding another guy in Chapman who's like, he might have a 110 WRC plus next year and be the best defensive third baseman. But it's like, is anybody actually going to hit like a player who matters? Who's bet? It's just, I get, I mean, Suzuki is like, you want to project on the second. I, I don't think a lot of people recognize. And especially if you're a listener of this podcast, who doesn't care about the Cubs. You probably don't know that, uh, say a Suzuki, like in the, down the stretch, 
did everything. Like I remember there were like conversations about like, man, in like August, like Suzuki is having such a good season. I wonder if you could project him to have uh like one thirty WRC plus season sometime. And then his September was so good he just did it last year. Like he ended up having a fantastic season, better than I think you could really hope for him to have at any point. I, obviously, like the games no. missed matter, but on a rate basis, it he hit great. But the defense is not awesome. Correct. And boy, if he's your if 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 he's your big slugger, and you're like, well, Ian Happ gets on base a lot, and then everybody else we're hoping is average to slightly above average. That sounds like an 82 win offense. I mean, I think at best, because you like to have guys like Ian Happ and Chapman and Horner and Swanson, but you like to have those guys hitting like five through nine and mm-hmm. not at the top of your lineup. And, and not, we that, don't have a first baseman and our catcher sucks, and we might have PCA playing center field being the right. worst hitter in the major leagues while providing great defense. And so, so would, like, we have like four, nine, nine, three or four nine sliders. Yeah, which which has your you know your middle of the order being these guys that are just slightly above average mm-hmm. with, with nothing really scary which anywhere. Makes, and it makes Chapman such a weird guy. fit, but also he's such a Jed Hoyer guy. It, I mean, it really does, right? Would you mm-hmm. be able to a casual fan wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup between Hoyer and half of those mm-hmm. other? And what's especially fun guys. is if you sign Cody Bellinger, you probably just signed and and. He's probably going to be at first base really soon, and you just signed another guy just like that, playing good defense at first base, and like a one twenty WRC plus at first base is like, yeah, you're that's just keeping up with the field. Every 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 first baseman can hit. Yeah, but now you're paying this guy. But you're also paying him twenty five thirty million dollars. Yeah, my God, I hope so. Not. Um, but then the other option is what Reese Hoskins there, who's just more of the same. Too? I, I honestly, you know, Hoskins in boy, this is this is too deep for this podcast. But uh, Hoskins, if you assume coming back from injury, well, should be a better. I, I would, if you had to bet on performance next year, offense only, I would definitely want to take Hoskins over Bellinger. That's probably fair. The yeah. question is. Is Hoskins going to get one of these crazy one-year deals, or is he going to talk someone? Is is him and, and he's another Boris guy? Is he going to talk someone into like no fuck it we're going right there now? It's a four-year deal, but I have an opt-out after the first year, so I I get all the safety if my ACL is not fixed, but also if I hit well, I'm just gone. Well, I and he might he might he not, really might I, mean, I that- don't know. I guess that's basically what Bellinger did. Did Bellinger have an option, or was he just a one-year deal? He he had an option, but it was there's it was basically the same thing again. So there was that's what I thought. There was very little chance it would he would take it because as long as he can play center field, he's he's worth too much. And that was the nice thing about when the Cubs signed him was. Like sure, he'd been coming off bad offensive seasons, but as long as he's still playing case. center field, the the bar is so low. But now it, it kind of like I, we discussed this in our Cubs side chat. How many seasons do you think the Cubs will be comfortable with 
Cody Bellinger playing center field? And I think the answer is one or fewer. I mean, their their goal has to be one or fewer because you want PCA to be there soon. Right? Even so, if he doesn't work out, I mean, I just I think the Cubs care too much about defense. Like he was not as Bellinger was not especially good last year. Yeah, I remember there was... And the Cubs really care about Especially when he came back from an injury. And it's, um, it's, it's great that Hap keeps winning these gold gloves, but we know those are bullshit. And then Suzuki is the lesser outfielder. I just don't believe the Cubs are going to run... Th- I think the Cubs want at least one elite outfielder. Yeah. And it's... Would they? And it's going to be hard for them to run... One pretty good and two not great, and I think they got two not great out there already. And I, I think it's really tough to to imagine them signing Bellinger to a deal to be a center fielder when not only is he may not maybe not good enough for what they want out there, but if things go well according to plan, he wouldn't be there anyway because of PCA. So, right. um, man, if Reese Hoskins is our number is our best hitter, we're we're not in good shape. The one person we haven't mentioned, who I I'm just I'm going to throw this out there. I don't think we've mentioned our best non Suzuki hitter this whole time. Wasn't it Bellinger this year? I think going forward, I'd expect it to be Christopher Morrell. We have not mentioned Christopher Morrell, and so I guess you could say that if you want to be optimistic and you want to say we can sign Bellinger to play center, and again. How? Why are we even assuming the Cubs think the Cubs are willing to go over the uh, CBT line? But I still think it makes sense to do this year. Uh, you could sign Bellinger and then say PCA comes up whenever he's ready. Sign Hoskins. We're going to figure stuff out. Sign Chapman. He's going to play third base. And all these are on, like, we waited out the market and everything works. And then Morrell is the DH. And he and Suzuki are the best hitters on the team. And maybe this starts to get there. Maybe there's so much defense this works. And maybe, uh, like, there's always, as if everybody's healthy, which is not even likely right. to be the yeah. case. But... Uh, if Bellinger is the guy who is healthy, he can cover some left and right and first base and DH and whoever's not there is there. And maybe that all that, but even then like, boy, you spend a lot of money on these guys. I don't think there's, I think at that point you're signing one of the high end relievers and maybe nobody for the rotation, which is rough. That if you're going to be a pitching and defense team, I don't think this rotation is set up to be that at this point. I, that, that's the biggest thing is should what should you <laughs> over under on 2024 Kyle Hendricks war 0. 0.5. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I love Kyle Hendricks. It's so cool. He was good last year. Uh, first guess, everything breaks and he's not good anymore. And, and if he does it again, fucking amazing. I love it. I'm so glad, but, would your bet be he does anything useful? If, no, if you make the playoffs and Kyle Hendricks has planned to start games, is that good? No, and he's what, our number two right now? I mean, depending on how you want to line, guys, what about Jamison Tyone? 
He was kind of good was, for like a third of the season. The stretch. <laughs> he was good down the stretch, but even even in his career at his best, he's been a, a, a two or a three. You, you should know, be excited. Been... Him being a, a three is what you want. The Cubs yeah. desperately need a high-end guy. What do you think of Jordan Montgomery? I would love it. Yeah, me I'd too. I'd be very happy with it. Yeah, I, I think that'd be awesome. So maybe maybe the real answer is leave out Reese Hoskins and all this stuff. Because even in the dream scenario, he's probably probably getting like the Bellinger contract from last year. Right. And that's just $20 million that doesn't necessarily make sense. And so you hope and pray and, and, and how maybe maybe a different outfielder comes up if, if PCA right. doesn't have a good start, maybe Canario wants to show up and do some stuff. And but, boy, again, we know so much about how much the Cubs care about defense and the idea that I think PCA is going to be there sooner rather than later. Uh, bat be damned. Just no matter what, yeah. I think and and it makes sense with Council too. Yeah. <sighs> That's a, that's a starting to get a few automatic outs in that lineup, and then not a whole lot of upside. But don't worry, PCA will run into forty-five additional outs in the forty-five times he gets on base. <laughs> he, I know, I know, it was only what a dozen games. <laughs> he was it was so bad, funny. Man. It's so funny. It was just like, oh, this is like what if you let like a twelve, like a twelve-year-old on the field is like, I'm the fastest boy who ever lived, and he just runs around like he doesn't understand. Like, no, I mean, all these guys that are what good. What it was was that they, he comes so up, much better he, he he a little bit of hero ball almost. You know, he comes up in a playoff race and he thinks he's going to go be the spark plug, make a difference because he looked like a complete jackass out there. He did it in the outfield too. He had a couple plays where he's diving for he balls made he some no business really, diving for. He made some absolutely outstanding plays, but he also made some plays where it's like you have to know better than to think you can do that. And exactly. that especially like I understand you come up and things are different here. And so some of your bullshit you got away with running the bases. Some of these dives he's taken in the outfield. I know that didn't work in Des Moines. Yeah, like, you did. Like, the, Moines, there isn't like different air. You just dive further in Des Moines compared to Chicago. Like you fucking. Why didn't anybody tell us you dive like dive like a moron? Or you're just in your head playing differently. And I blame David Ross. And Craig Council is going to tell him, "Hey, dipshit, don't do stuff like that, or I'm going to send you back to the fucking cow town where you don't want to live." I mean, Ross, the way Ross handled those calls up, call ups was pretty awkward. So maybe, maybe he was trying to really make a splash and and get his get his playing time that way. I, I don't it know. is, it's. I am very generally uh, not as willing to get into hatred of managers as people are, but I think one of the easiest times you can point to stuff is when. It seems like the front office and the manager yeah. are not getting along. And the way those call-ups were handled last year made no sense at all. And it was very much like they were trying to add some dudes to fill specific roles. And then David Ross was like, well, I don't like these guys. And so, like, people coming up and never batting or only batting if it was time to bunt or only pinch running, but then clearly – I mean, to, to me, as bad as PCA was running the bases and stuff, 
that is not what the scouting report looks like. I there was stuff that said he's like, like we've talked about this before. Yeah. He's kind of known as a cocky asshole, but God, he it looked like he was told if you don't find one extra run on the bases in the next two days, I'm going to take you in the clubhouse and strangle you to death. And right, like, and even if there wasn't explicit, like no window whatsoever. If it, even if it wasn't explicit, that's that's what seemed like he was trying to do. He's trying to get, you know. Points in a in a video game yeah. for achievement or something to keep a spot. Like, I don't care what happens. I might as well try because exactly. I got so, no no leeway, no rope, nothing. If I'm only going to get on the field once every three games, I got to do something yeah. to make, it, make a, uh, a noise. But yeah, that we talked about that in the group chat. It didn't make any sense what the front office was doing and what Ross was doing. Right. So, um, seeing and, like a power struggle that he lost. Um, it also. I, I definitely would have said I didn't think Ross was that bad and that that the the way things came off were just unfortunate for him. But we have new information, which is that they went crazily out of their way to replace him. Right. And and again, obviously, it means it's meaningful that they replace him with a guy who is extremely well regarded that. Many people, like I, I, I think I even said before we got him, I was like, I think that's the best manager there is, yeah. And that that's that's uh, cool, but also it it does mean something. They're like, uh, we could we could lose Ross, right? If we get if we if we see anything, and I, I don't feel like they they think that they're going from like the seventh best manager to the one best manager. Right. I think yeah, that I think was... that it is telling that if, if if it were only that, they wouldn't have bothered with it. That they think that, like, yeah, we had an okay manager, and now we have a great one. And the number one thing a manager can do wrong is not be in line with what right. the front office wants to do. Because the front office is in charge, and I hate to say it, they're always smarter than you. Chris Although, Jones I mean, works for the front office. Uh, it's, uh, it's Tommy Hottavy works for uh, David Ross. That's all you need to know. On the other hand, you know, the front office calls up PCA and, and you know, I can see Ross thinking, all right, they want, you know, the fans are clamoring for the kid. Everybody's excited about the kid. And they call him up and he sees him out there and he's like, this kid sucks. He's not ready. And, you know, and then he got, when PCA got playing time, we all agreed this kid's not ready. So, oh yeah, you know, maybe he was right that PCA wasn't ready and didn't need to be being played. Great council clearly- would have made him ready. <laughs> Clearly, they were not on the same page. You remember when Wilson Contreras thought it was fucking hilarious that David Ross got fired? <laughs> I do, yeah. That's her. Life. I also, I mean, it, it it aligns well with like what you think of all this stuff, and like how Contreras that, came yeah. up and was like, "I'm the rookie, and I'm so talented, but I'm a little out of control." And then maybe he and David Ross didn't get along. Just never got along the whole time. And, and yeah. so David Ross was like, "I know what rookies like to do. I got to tell him to." calm the fuck down never play and if you do like they'll just go crazy they'll be nuts out there and then isn't it sad that these are the things we have to point to dodgers fans are like well i guess we only have 10 more wins this year because of tani's here so we only had good oh we got to set over 113 that's gonna be weird i you know i i've never really that aggressively rooted against the dodgers mm-hmm. um you know, I'm jealous of them, and that's fine. But, you know, I thought they had some likable players and stuff. But, man, fuck that team now. I'm going gonna, gonna, gonna to be so happy that they to see them lose in the playoffs. And I that, haven't felt that way in a while. That is a huge part of it is that the guys they've added 
throughout, even even up to and including Otani. Correct. Really yeah. likable. Yeah, I mean, like I it was hard to get mad. I'm like, man, watching Mookie and Bellinger play in the same outfield is going to be a lot. Freddie of fun. Freeman, and cool guy. Freddie Freeman, all now he's there, and uh, mm-hmm. and, but, and even Shohei, obviously. But now it's just like, man, this is stupid. This isn't any fun anymore. Yeah, Baseball's hope, broken. Alex, don't listen to this. I hope they lose. I really, I, I always kind of rooted for him before, but I hope they lose. Uh, this is an outrageously egregious and terribly long uh, sports segment, but it's it not over. We've never no. discussed this. Uh, what do you think the Bears should do at quarterback? I I so, I wonder if we agree on this. We I I before we how about this? This is like a one of those like. Indian head poker things or whatever. Before we get into it, I am going to bet that we do agree. Do you think we agree on what the Bears should do? I think we will. Okay. I think we will. I want in my, you know, reptile brain fandom for Justin Fields to have some Hall of Fame career with the Chicago Bears. The Bears should should draft a quarterback and probably should also trade Justin Fields if they can get any kind of value for him. I agree completely, but I would remove the probably trade Justin Fields and make it definitely trade Justin Fields. I'm not entirely. You can't yet. draft a quarterback and have Justin Fields around. <laughs> the fans have already started chanting his name at the games. It's going to be so weird. Well, here's a, so that, that raises a point though, too, is the, I don't think that the fans will, I don't know the, how the fans are idiots. No, the, fans the fact are that anybody even likes this team proves the fans are morons. I'm not worried about the fans, though. But the players, though, there there's some interesting stuff in the locker room with this. So, team it, so that they, means you have to either keep or get rid of Justin Fields. Yeah, you're right. You're, so you are right about that. Yeah, so the fact that the, I, think like, right. I, I agree a lot of players really like him, which is why you can't just be like, but we spent the first overall pick on a new quarterback, and we're going to yeah. wait and see if Justin Fields gets to stay. You you've you've talked me into it. Yeah, they do have to go. I I was iffy on. I was like, yeah, maybe the the move is to keep them both because you still have some control over Justin. But you got to remember the people part and um, that locker room so awkward. really came together. It's really awkward. Like Flus saved his job, um, which especially on the idea. defensive side. Like that as soon as they added the sweat, part. it was like, oh, this is this is just this was this is what you said you were going to come here and do and like you you thought you were going to get a good offensive coordinator it seems like you didn't yeah seems like he might have awkwardly saved his job i hope not i hope not he's got to go i think he's got to go for sure he's got to go and they i mean with the defense both you know you had sweat you had what two or your entire secondary hurt the first couple weeks of the year and then you know you've got Two to three rookies you're relying upon who had to, who had to get their legs under them too. So the defense come on and the, your your defensive coordinator left under mysterious circumstances. So I mean, that's its own thing. Is like, do the Bears need to commit to not hiring a defensive coordinator because they have to say that Eberflus has to be the guy all the whole time? I so you know there was a lot of weird shit that happened to that defense that explains why it got so much better. But Flus kept the locker room together too. 
Like the fans quit on that team after five weeks, but the team didn't seem to. So the fans quit on the team after like one week. Instantly, yeah, they were like, Boo, and me, me included. Fuck everybody. And, and, and I mean, you've, I'm sure you've seen the stuff around where there's like Stephen A. Smith after two weeks, where like the Bears are worse than all those Lions teams that went 0 and 16. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, well, I, boy, what a bad call that was. Like this actually, a couple non-blowing games, they ought to be in a playoff position right now. That was the story for like the first month of the season is the Bears are historically bad. Historically They're going to get one and two. Yeah. And it's like, going to be yeah, them exactly. getting the one. Because it wasn't just on the field. You know, we had the coach, the coordinator yep. shit and everything. The, and the running like, backs like, coach also there. did some crazy bullshit and had to leave. Yeah. And like, if you wanted to be together, negative man. about the uh, Fluce and Paul, it's just like you guys can't hire a coaching staff that doesn't have to – quit constantly like do you guys know any guys who are not total shitheads who do things to get themselves fired that's bad and, and, and then the one guy we wish would get himself fired is still here because he's yep, that bad yep, and, yeah you know yeah. So. the only decent guy we hired to coach the team <laughs> sucks shit at coaching the team yeah. so but but that team kept i mean they tried to make a run for the playoffs and seemed like they really yeah. were invested in it so that's interesting they the play hard is, the defense you talked good. about you mentioned, hey, they had a couple of close wins and a couple of you know fourth quarter leads they blew, but the reason they blew those is because Justin Fields can't hold on the fucking ball. Well, it's also so, I, th- I think Eberflus is very bad uh, in game, but I also true. recognize that that's not the most important thing. Um, but you're you're right that that uh, if you wanted to pin, pinpoint one thing, it's like, whoa, okay, it's time to do our two minute drill. Oh, Justin Fields has already dropped the ball on the ground. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the moment I mean, it was snapped to him, the ball is in the other team's hands and the game is over. It was over and over again, man. I yeah. mean, I think I know what happened in the, one of the Lions games. I think the Lions game the is Broncos the worst game. example, but there's there's another one as well. Yeah, the Broncos was a bad one. Like there you go; those two games are just a complete are, are a different story. You're in the playoffs, so um, I like him, and he, he does all kinds of fun stuff. And maybe Williams or May bust, and we we're, we got to start the whole thing over. But we're not gonna. Justin Fields may be a good quarterback. He's never going to be a top ten quarterback. And I think that's exactly correct. His, his absolute ceiling is maybe he'll be pretty good, and you have one more season where you're not paying him like fucking crazy. Yeah, so you're and going to pay him forty million dollars to be okay? Uh, it's and, just it's not yeah. good enough. And I think it's very. I think. And to be honest, I think it's much more likely you pay him that and he's bad because yeah. I I think that if you really break it down, he, he has had a. Still had a bad season. I mean, if you go look at like the passing metrics for the last six weeks, where it's like, oh, they've really turned it around. He's still like ranked twenty fifth in like everything. Yeah, it's not and good. It's 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 not good enough, even when you count for the running. And also, it matters that him having to run so much means like he has he just gets hurt every year. Yeah, so even even if he were having a great season, it was like, well, he misses three or four games every year because he runs around too much, and it's 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 it sucks. I I, I think he's a cool guy. Yeah, but like I, I also think that I it should probably be Caleb Williams, but boy, this is not a typical first overall draft pick situation for a quarterback to walk into. There is a right. lot of cool so, stuff here, and you can spend the Bears' early pick on more cool stuff, whether it's a lineman or a receiver, uh, to go with that. I, I think this is so different than like oh the Panthers, like oh we got like. Obviously, Bryce Young is too short, and it's never going to work. But right. uh, 
it, it, it's not at all a standard like, yeah, well, well, maybe we can figure it out. And sorry that your first year you're just going to get fucking decimated. Like, no, this is this is a pretty good spot to walk into. And look, if I th- I think if the Panthers had been good this year and that pick was in the late teens or twenties, you Justin's your guy next year. You I think if that forward. pick were five, yeah. it would be. But easy you got to this that. this gift that you, mm-hmm. you you can't just waste it on on a on. Although, man, if you got to trade anything like what they got last year, it'd be tempting to think about it. Um, that was a hell of a trade. Uh, it, well, but only, I mean, so much of it is how it worked out, though. I mean, more I, and two picks is still a good call, plus a couple, I'll take a second rounder or two in there. They're going to get better offers than that this year, I think. Exactly, right? <laughs> but so, it, I just, but you're, but you're, you can't expect one of these picks to be one. I really agree with what you just said. If the if the Carolina pick was five, I yeah. think you would keep Justin Fields. Right, and, and I would not say, oh, package the two first and next year's and whatever, and and Justin no. Fields and whatever else, and make some crazy. Tra- no way would I. Say, and I also would not say, and then we'll draft the Phoenix man and figure out how that goes. Like none of that right, exactly. bullshit. Right, but you you have the chance to. There's two really good quarterbacks. Figure out which one you want, and you don't have to give up anything but the extremely valuable pick. Like the reason you're going to get those crazy offers is because those quarterbacks look really good, and maybe they won't work out, but maybe they always won't work out. Justin may not work out. Whatever, Justin's kind of money to figure that out too. So, um, in fact, Justin's probably not going to work out, and you're definitely going to pay him a lot of money to know it. Exactly. These guys, you pay him a little bit of money, you build a hell of a team around him. If they don't work out, then you, you you fucked up and you got you don't have a job anymore. But mm-hmm. um, if they do work and, out, you're a genius. And that's the real reason it's going to happen. Is the cynical move is always reset my clock with a new quarterback. Yeah. If if you if you commit to Justin Fields and it doesn't work out, Poles is gone, Flus is everybody's gone. Everybody loses their job. But if you go draft Caleb Williams. We just reset. Everybody gets contact, contract extensions. Here we go again. Except the Bears did this twice recently where they drafted Mitch Trubisky and then fired their head coach, and then they drafted Justin Fields and well, then fired the GM and head coach. I guess So if they do that again, I'm going to be real pissed off. If, if, it's, if it's we draft Caleb Williams, next year sucks, and then Flus and Poles are gone, and we bring a whole new regime in with another quarterback they didn't draft – I'm going to lose my mind. So that's the only that's thing. If you're a, going to draft a quarterback. Honestly, throw this out there. If if you were – what's the fucking Kevin guy who's in charge of everything now? Yeah, Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren. If, you, if Somehow you're Kevin Warren. Isn't that the number one argument for fire Eberflus anyway? Yeah. I mean, like, it's I, be, like, right? You know what? Because... I want to get everything on one schedule. I'm going to and... get a, a, a new coach. And hell – Fire poles. The trade was, was nice. Say, I mean, poles, the I mean, trade was maybe nice. everything should just get on the right schedule right now. I I don't I don't hate poles at this point. Um, the Claypool trade is the is worst bad. thing that ever happened, but, but the sweat trade basically negated it completely. And I think two other things about the Claypool trade. One, that after that you didn't know he so was so bad, shitty. <laughs> after that went so badly, you had the 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 backbone to go out and do it again. <laughs> and it looks like it worked out. Yeah. That was a bold move. And also saying Claypool didn't work out and dumping him was a bold move too. Yeah. And, and so I, I actually give him a lot of respect for both those moves. Now, on the other hand, 
Last offseason, you know what he decided was the most important position on the field? Linebacker. Well, after he decided it was not an important position, so he let one of the best in the league go. Yeah. Now he's not. I got, I got to trade Roquan Smith really away important. and then start signing linebackers with all my money. So, so, do you think we need a center? Is that important? No. Who cares? So that, I mean, yeah, I, I didn't care for how that went down either. Do you, do you hold it against him to not draft Jalen Carter? Uh, no, I, it's, it's, I guess you can, the way to hold it against them is to say that the fact that you've been here this long and you don't have confidence in your locker room, <laughs> like, cause like those are mostly his guys at that point. Right. Like, I, 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 mean, I feel like you can say that to be like, well, you should, if, if you're not confident in your locker room, it's cause you haven't brought the right men in there. But also, like you, 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 you can have that would have locker room and still pass on the guy. You yeah, know what I mean, exactly. Like, it, it, you can still recognize you're not in the same position in Philadelphia because you. you it's don't it's, have it's the not the same team, and or you can you know baby yeah. him. You don't have the wins right now that you know he's going to keep motivated. So, or you could just say, look, man, by the end of that contract, we still think there's a good chance something goes bad for him in Philadelphia, and we don't want to be a part of that. So that's fine. Um, so I, I'm okay with it, but damn, does he look good? Yeah. Um, but at least they got they at least they got a good player at that spot anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. But long story short, I think they should probably, hopefully, get something valuable from Justin. Maybe get that second round pick back they traded for Sweat. And, um, I think that's very reason. I mean, I it's not going to be as good a second round pick, I would assume. But uh, it could be the exact same pick. I don't know. Washington might be interested. <laughs> I, I don't hate it. Yeah, I, I mean, everybody always points to Atlanta as the thing, mm-hmm. but why not Washington? Why not both of them talking back and forth about who wants to add a third instead of a fourth? <laughs> right, uh, exactly. That, that sort of thing. But no, I, I, I think that's that's exactly right. Um, this is K- Caleb Williams over Drake May. Is that your thought right now? You feel I think so, yeah. I, uh, again, I, this is just me reading things. I, I watch no college football. I don't know. Right, right. Somebody, somebody's like, uh, I can't bear the idea of oh, bear pun uh, of missing out on uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. And it's like, well, I can because I haven't watched any of his games. I have no idea. I, I, I'm sure he's very good, but uh, here's what's up: don't draft wide receivers instead of quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I bet he's, I bet he's so I, good. He's so good, right? What? If this season had gone in a way where Justin was clearly, the if guy, the Bears, if the Bears had done a little worse and their pick, or the Carolina had done a little better and their, the pick was three, or even if it was clear that you don't need a quarterback, Justin's your guy, or, and you're sure. ready to pay him. Um, you know, maybe you don't do it at number one, but maybe you're a little stricter on how far you go. You back. absolutely positively cannot do it at number one. <laughs> oh, if they yeah. do it at number one, that is inexcusable. Because it's just I mean, everybody seems to it, like it, this dude. Everybody loves him. I mean, if he's really Calvin Johnson and Randy Moss yeah. and one, you know. And but just how many, look at all that success, how, Calvin Johnson. How many had. Super Bowls did those guys win? Yeah, exactly. So, playoff games, um, fuck Super Bowls. <laughs> Moss won a couple of playoff. Oh games, yeah, right? but I'm just, just talking about. I mean, Calvin Johnson Calvin is Johnson, the most yeah, obvious yeah. scenario. Even if he's Calvin, what good did that do for yeah. him? You know what I mean? It's like so, you, you know what's up. I will say I can't. I can't wait to just hear nothing about that conversation for the next four months, by the way. Yeah. The the sooner Pulse announces the decision, the better. 
it does feel like like if you were really being hardcore, the answer would be never like like negotiate everything until the night of the draft. Right. But I feel like out like out of respect for Justin Fields, I think we'll get an answer pretty quick. Yeah. I think they'll either a trade will happen or they will announce we are going to trade him, even though that's not the best way to maximize his value necessarily. It's so awkward for him if it just yeah. hangs until in the locker room, you know. Yeah. Not in there together mm-hmm. right now. Um, do you think there would be an, do you think it'd be hilarious if they drafted Drake May because he's from North Carolina where's number 10? Uh, I do love, you think is a factor. I mean, it can't, it, if it's a factor, it's outrageous. Like, like, again, that just means the entire front office has to be fired. <laughs> like everybody gets so excited about like, I know what this guy's like. Cause I saw another guy who played at this, like, Justin Fields is actually good because this guy in Houston is good. Yeah. The the helmet doesn't matter. We can't possibly do it that way. But boy, oh boy, are Bears fans like, North Carolina quarterback, and he's a white guy. Oh, my God. I know this guy sucks. (laughs) It it, it would crack me up. I mean, there would be some funny Twitter jokes, I'm sure. It would be really funny. And But it's also like, I don't. We do so much discussion about how you nobody is good at evaluating quarterbacks and right. that college football is pretty good, but it's so different than the NFL. And what you have to do, the reads you have to make, how quickly you have to process things, no matter how good you look there, you don't really know until you come up to the next level. It is really hard for me, like when you have two quarterbacks who are close together, like what should it mean when the front office of a football team is like, we actually think the second best guy is better than the best guy. Like like our evaluation of the popular opinion is reverse. Should you even care? It doesn't matter. close right now. It does seem I like think, it's it's got it, it feels like it's kind of gone back and forth a little bit. Yeah, now there were moments last year where I thought the same, where it seemed like Stroud was the guy, but it seemed like overall he was he was racing to catch up with Young and never quite did. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, I, I mean, I don't watch a lot of college football either, but it seemed to me like Stroud had a better shot. But um, I think when's the next time a short quarterback's going to get drafted at the top? <laughs> uh, never. <laughs> No, it's, I mean, it's the, so easy to do that in retrospect. Now we're like, well, that guy's too short. Shouldn't have drafted him. I was reading something. I think it was on the ringer the other day. It was about the bears in the position. And it was written by a Carolina Panthers fan. And they made a joke about how terrible a choice the Carolina made by make it by drafting guy who weighs like a nine, buck 90. And I was like, I wonder if you had that thought when it happened, you know I mean? I know a lot of people Everybody said he was very one. excited. That's the only knock about him. It's like, well, it turns out to be a big one. So yeah. Uh, so it's interesting, but yeah, I mean, I think Williams and May is pretty close right now. It seems like mm-hmm. Caleb, from what I understand, and maybe Pat Polk can let us know, it didn't seem like Caleb Williams had a wonderful campaign after he was anointed the number one pick last year, you know? So, well, uh, whatever Pat says, the Bears should just do that. Yeah, exactly. Aaron, it's time for our last final segment. I'd like to talk to you about your childhood bedroom decor 
Okay. You have a bedroom as a kid? I did. Yeah. yeah. You you put any posters on the wall? What kind of stuff you put up there? I did. So I, I shared a room with my brother for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to go childhood, childhood, um, it was kind of a mixed bag. It was always kind of sports related. My dad was, uh, I mean, that was, that still is the thing. My dad and I talk about 95% of the time. So um, always kind of sports related, athlete posters, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> uh, have you seen the holdovers? Yes. So there's a scene um, where they go back to the cook's like bedroom or whatever, mm-hmm. and there are these like cast iron metal football players up on the wall. Yes. Do you have any recollection of that scene? Mm-hmm. But anyway, they're they're there. I had those things in my bedroom. I very distinctly remember as a as a kid. They must have come from like my grandma or my grandpa or something. So I thought that was interesting. Just these old. I looked them up. I tried to anyway. They're like from the seventies, which was period appropriate for the movie. So mm-hmm. we had those. I remember having like Penny Hardaway posters and uh, Deion Sanders posters for a minute. Um, so when I was a little kid, I liked the book White Fang and Call of the Wild. I had like this run where I read Jack London books for like two years. And so my grandma bought me this like ceramic wolf thing when she was in uh, Alaska one time. And that led to that thing that happens when you're a kid where for like four years, my grandma just kept buying me yep. wolf stuff. I know what you uh, like, wolf stuff. Yeah, so I had like this blanket that was a wolf stuff in there. She's for got a while. like a notebook that just says Aaron wolf stuff. <laughs> no <laughs> other concepts considered. No more notes. So um, that was always an aspect of it for a little bit. But um, those are the things I remember off the top of my head. Do you remember any other specific posters? I, I do. I mean, I especially remember having at least one Penny Hardaway poster and one Deion Sanders poster, and then another one that had just all the helmets of all the teams in the NFL on it. Kind of a kind of a lame poster in hindsight, but it was just like a grid. They were all just in a grid. Um, but I remember that was after the Jaguars and Panthers were in the league. So, because I remember those helmets being on there. So when I, when I bought the poster, they weren't, when I got the poster, they weren't teams yet. So, um, that's for, for whatever reason, that's a poster I very specifically remember. That specifically reminds me of how when I was like 11, 12, uh, one day my dad was like, we're building an addition onto the house. And my dad was like a builder guy, so he just built it himself. And so, like, it was literally like he said this. Like, I guess they just didn't know if they were going to – my parents didn't know if they were going to do it. And then they like, decided – like, maybe they probably, like, got approved for a loan or something. And so then one day my, my dad was like, yeah, we're going to do it. And then the next – that was like a Friday. And Saturday morning I, had, I got up, and he was, like, tearing up carpet in part of the house <laughs> because it was on. Yeah. Um, and then now. eventually – uh, with the addition, we built, he built a big family room upstairs. And then my sister and I got new bedrooms in the downstairs part of the addition. It was like a, a split level thing. And in that new bedroom, uh, they were like, you're going to have a ceiling fan. 
let's go to Lowe's or whatever. Let's get you a new ceiling fan. And I went in there, and there was an NBA ceiling fan. Sweet. And, like, the base of it had, like, a net on it. And then all the uh, the blades looked like the floor of an NBA game, like the hardwood. Wow. And it came with stickers for all the teams and some other stuff. And it was like, you can pick which one to put on there. And I remember I put on, so I was like, easy, number one, Chicago Bulls. Bulls right. sticker. There's four blades. It's a small ceiling fan. So one, Chicago Bulls. And then I was like, I like, <laughs> again, I'm like literally 12. And I was like, another one of my favorite things is the NBA in general. So I <laughs> the NBA logo went on one of the blades. <laughs> and then it was the 90s. So I chose the Hornets logo because mm. everybody loved the Hornets. I was, was going to guess that or the magic. Yeah. I looked through and I couldn't pick the fourth one. They were all so weird and I couldn't decide which one made sense and eventually I, because it had some teal in it again I guess just like the, the, the Hornets I selected the extremely old school uh, San Antonio Spurs logo Wow! and put that on it so I had a ceiling fan with Bulls NBA logo <laughs> Hornets and Spurs uh, one of those teams I claimed to like at the time that's awesome. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, when you said teal, I did not see the Spurs coming. I forgot they had. That, yeah, it was a brief thing. Aspect to it. It also had a big uh, bulb. It's not like the light bulb, but the thing that went around the light bulb. Right. Yeah. And it was orange, like a basketball, and it had the lines I, on it. That was and, the first thing I pictured when you said an NBA ceiling fan. Was yeah. The, so it was. It was the, like the ball just went through the net. It went through the hoop. Uh, but it made everything in my room orange. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, that's. I didn't want. I wanted my room to be a normal color, not orange. It was. You should have thought that too dim. We bought the ceiling fan. But then uh, eventually, I just took it off. And, oh yeah, so then you just. And yeah. then I just. I, I and then for a while there was like a bare bomb, and then one time my mom came down to my room. She shouldn't have, shouldn't have come down there. But she came down there. And she's like, "Why is it? It's all just a bare bulb." And I was like, "I don't like this orange thing." She's like. We'll get you a regular thing, and we got a regular thing, and just put it on there. Did you keep the stickers on there, though? Stickers stayed forever. Stickers were there yeah. until, like, I want to say my parents redid the bedrooms, like, literally 15 or more years later. And then they're like, maybe no more Johnny basketball ceiling fan, and just put a regular ceiling fan there. That's quite the addition. When you said an addition on the house, I was picturing like a sunroom or something, not a two-story addition. It, it, it was a split uh, level, but it was it was a very significant addition. Yeah, it was a yeah, two intense. two like large bedrooms downstairs, and then huge family room upstairs. But again, like my dad like built all the stuff, so right, yeah, so you could do it. Uh, money goes a lot further if if the labor is just I'll do it nights and weekends. It's fair enough, but yeah. You don't see me building a lot of additions these days. Huh? <laughs> um, final sub-segment, shocking surprise, but it's basically the same thing. What kind of art do you have in your home now? <laughs> uh, I laugh because that's a touchy subject. We've lived here about a year now, a little over a year, 
Where, think, where, where yeah. is that? <laughs> I think we have. So in the bedroom, Jordan's hung up some stuff. I think in terms of just decoration, though, we have two things on the wall. The others are still just sort of leaning against the wall where we think they might eventually go. So not a whole lot of art up. So I'm currently in like the front room of our house, which actually has one of the very few things we have on the wall. And it's this like sad clown oil painting Is that coming in. Yeah, I'm seeing that. That that, that strikes okay. me as familiar. It's I've had it at uh, other places I've lived, so you may have seen it at some point. Um, so that is hanging up in this like little front room we have. Um, do you feel a specific the... attachment to sad clowns? Why do you, you know, like to have don't... a sad clown in your home? So it's a bit of a long story. So um, a long time ago. I, I moved into some apartment. I have anything on the wall. I'd just been there and I had a little party at my house and a couple of my friends brought over a painting and they had been at like this champagne arts thing. And there was this guy with all kinds of just off the wall paintings. Mm -hmm. And so one of them was this blue painting of a bunch of clowns kind of wrestling on top of each other, okay. just kind of wrestling or whatever. And then they were on fire. Um, and across, great. and across the bottom of the painting, it just said clown fire. And so they bought that for me. Cause I thought that they, I would be interested in that. Who do um, we identify with this image? One man. Aaron. Lord. Yeah. They, they saw that and they're like, that's Aaron all over. So, so they bought me that and brought it over. And so then it was just like in my living room. So it was this kind of topic of conversation. And then I had a friend who worked at a coffee shop. And uh, maybe a furniture store. She She's worked at a furniture store recently. But she's very into antiques and stuff like that. So she came across this big oil painting that we have and a couple of old, they're almost like yarn artwork in a frame. They're hard to describe. That were also these old, like, 1920s era clowns. And she just brought them all over to my house because she's like, hey, it matches your clowns. So then for a while, I just it's had Like when all... your grandma said, do you like it's wolf stuff? It's the exact same thing. Like you, you like these weird clouds that everybody's scared of, right? <laughs> the exact same thing. So then I had just like this other room in my house, which is all this clown shit. So um, I got rid of most of that when I moved most recently. But this painting I still just thought was kind of cool. Kind of like the colors. It's just kind of a neat painting. Kind of well done. So we kept it. And now, you know, this is the room. Uh, we got like some dark wood chairs in here and it's got dark wood so it just kind of matches the, the the vibes in here i guess so that's the yeah. one thing we hung up so and then the other thing is we had uh there's like a little half bath by the garage here and we had a halloween party and i bought at this local craft fair art show thing it's uh peanuts all the peanuts characters but they were drawn to be like there's a mike myers and a jason and freddy krueger and stuff and so that's we hung that in the half bath when we had a Halloween party. It's I think it's still up. So those are the two things on our walls. Uh, how much additional art do you possess that is not hung up on the walls? There are like four things I see in this room alone. There's a handful of things in my like my office slash spare bedroom. Um, the thing is, I don't think we're ultimately going to hang much of it up. 
How come? Um, we just, we just don't like it. Stuff I've just had floating around for years. It's not something Jordan ever bought. It's not something I have any particular attachment to. So it's so yours and not Jordan. So it's no good. I mean, it's not any good. There's nothing I put a lot of thought into. It's just like random stuff I picked up along the way. Okay. So, um, so I think instead of just finding a place for all the stuff, neither one of us really care that much you about. You get better stuff. We're just going to get different stuff and just, you know, I think there's just been a lot of, uh, indecision about it. Fair. We do have like a mirror hanging on a wall somewhere too. That's it. That like vampire check shit. Yeah, absolutely. Smart. Everybody's got to cross that before they go in. So, I don't know. I know Jordan wants to start picking things up, like just piecemeal, as we, you know, if we're on a vacation. Penny Hardaway so, posters, like that. Penny Hardaway posters, yeah. So, um, she did buy this like wicker, wicker, uh, hot air balloon plant holder thing that's hanging up in the sunroom on a trip. So that's kind of some of the decor that's she good. started to get and. We have lots of stuff like on the mantle and stuff. In terms of art hanging on the wall, we don't have a whole lot going on right now. Fair. It's a long-winded answer to say nothing. It, no, well, it wasn't nothing, and it sounds like you're on your way. <laughs> uh, I what? No, was I looking for an opportunity to tell you that you could pay me to hang all this shit on your walls? Yes, I thought that might be a good fit for both of us, but now I think actually it's a terrible fit, so we're not going to do it. But uh, it, it, it sounds like you are off to a good start. But this is, this is a process. Like Gene and I, boy, we moved into our current place in uh, July. And it was definitely three or four months later when my sister was about to come visit for the first time. When it was like, you know what? Shit's got to get on the walls. And there's yeah. a night where I was like, this isn't that hard. I'm going to go to work. And I just went to work and shit got on the walls. And yeah. that's what that's sometimes what it takes. And for you, it's 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 harder than that because you need to acquire shit before you can be like, fuck it, shit goes on the walls tonight. Yeah, the stuff I had in my old place that I lived at for like the first four or five years we were together just you know, was stuff that had been sitting there for me for years already too. So I didn't really have much of an attachment to it. She didn't have any attachment to it. So um and also I think like we want to paint this one of the walls in this room before we put anything on it. So we it's a whole it's a whole step you got to do. You can't just hang up the wall. You got to paint it and everything first. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of steps we want to do before we start hanging stuff. Too. But also, let me tell you, you're going to feel so much better when you get that wall painted and you get the shit up there. You feel like you live in your house. Yeah, you I think do it would it. Go just, You got to just push and do it. You'll, I mean, you I will love benefit just when this, you do it. Just this one painting in here I like having it's uh it's in the front room, so I see it right when I walk in. I can actually see it from like the front of the yard when I walk the dog and come back up. It, it does yeah, it, may, it is really nice. You know what? Like, I'm taking it all back. I, Aaron, put three things on that wall tonight. Why not? Like look at that. Just Doesn't do that it. Look it's a, it's a big wall, empty wall. wall. And do you yeah. do you really how great news. If you just if somehow the paint shows up and you paint that wall tomorrow, you just lift the painting off the wall and right yeah it's no not that big that. a deal and if, and if it turns out like oh we don't like this painting you lift the painting off the wall and we're already ready to go with the next one you know get something get some other framed thing in here we'll put that up there and then so and if anything maybe putting all your shit that you have in your house that you don't even like that much if you put it on the walls maybe that'll inspire Eat you even to more get to, to yeah. paint and get new shit to like you know what? We got to find something to go right there because I fucking hate that shit. That, That's a no, fair point. I'm not saying it's a sad clown, but if it was my house, it'd be. I'm, <laughs> I'm scared of that clown. I, really I don't like want to hang out with them. So you know what? 
We're going to the whatever place, where whatever thing you think you're going to go to to find the cool art. You'd go there faster. I say, get that shit on the walls. I do have that new uh, Paul Buffano poster um, that Jordan got me for Christmas. Oh, yeah? Yeah? Yeah, I sent it to the group chat. It's um, like, I think you should leave. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. A, few, a few references. So I think that's going to go hanging up. That might go in that like spare bedroom. Say, that's the biggest thing is you've got so what you really have to do is you, you don't want to be moving stuff around. So you yeah. got to like like the thing, whatever thing you like the most you think is going to stay. Take that, find the spot in your house you want it to go on, hang it up. But then like this shitty stuff you don't care about, get it on the wall anyway. That's a fair point. And like in the bedroom, we've been hesitant to put things up because I think we're eventually going to get a new bed and then move things around. So I just, you know. Do we just put everything on the after we do this other thing mm-hmm. list? But um, oh, we do it. The one thing I did put in a frame finally after all these years, we have the uh, local front page of the newspaper from November fourth of twenty six when Trump got elected. Yeah, no, the cubby, your favorite the day of all. So we got that, and then you got January sixth right next to it. Your two yeah. your two holidays that you jack off to the most. So I got that in a frame. I'm gonna. I know exactly where that's going in the in the uh, mm-hmm. spare bedroom. So, in in the bedroom that you reserve for Trump, and there's uh, yeah, mannequin of him in the bed, and you cut, you pet his hair every night and make it look just right. Well, it's that thing you, you get one Trump thing, and all your relatives are just buying you Trump shit. So you just <laughs> Trump themed room in the house, you know. That, that that was a funny response, Aaron. Good job, buddy. Good callback. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Um. Well, I hope you get some shit put up, but especially, if nothing else, seeing this cool-ass I-think-you-should-leave thing in the frame there, I would I would love to get a, an image, a picture from you, and that's all set yeah. up and perfect, because that, 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 that's a cool that. thing to have in your house. i got to decide if Jordan wants that out in like the public areas or if that goes in the... The pubic the, areas, right? Am I right? Did I say that? Oh. Uh, no, I said that. Yeah, or if that goes in my uh, my little office spare bedroom area, I haven't decided yet. Too good. She options. hasn't decided yet. Yeah. Uh, so now we'll again, that. though, I'm just if you start hanging stuff up, it's not that hard to move it around. Like, oh, I guess something else goes here. I think that'll get the get the wheels in motion. I'll have to talk to Jordan about it. She's the handy one around here, really. Aaron, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Sure, yeah, I'll plug, um, so I got this app that I've downloaded. Tinder! It's called One Second Every Day, I think, or just One SE is what it actually shows up as. And a couple of my friends did this a few years ago, and what it is, is it's an app that will take, you. it'll prompt you to take a, like, a short one-second video every day. So this is a uh, thing that makes you want to commit suicide. Short little video every day. Or if you don't, you can go back and, and add any photos or videos you may mm-hmm. have already incidentally taken for the day. Um, and it stitches them all together at the end of the year. So you get like this five minute long video of just your year. And I thought that their videos were kind of cool. So I went through and for the last year um, made one just with stuff that was already. You did this last year? No, so at the so like three days ago. Oh, oh, day, oh! I thought you were saying you they, have your plug was you have a video of this in your possession. No, my my friends do. So my, you my have friends that so, are okay, They did it. it. You're jealous of them. You're doing it now. 
So I downloaded the app on New Year's Day when they posted theirs for the year. And I went back and it did let me add a bunch of photos and videos from 2023. So what I would do is go, I went through every day of the year and it would show me the photos and videos I have on my phone for that day. And I could pick one to add. So I, it's not the whole year. So I only got, I think, you know, like a minute or two long video for last year, but it still was a neat thing to do. Back and look throughout the whole year. You can see where we got adopted the dog. So now for like three straight weeks, it's just the dog sleeping on Jordan and stuff like that. And it's got to uh, be awkward though. Cause there's like, there's like days where you adopted a dog and days where like you went to the Cubs game and then like 330 days where all you did was jack off. So that's so, the only video you have. So, I mean, like, for New Year's Day, so I started you doing ignore things I say now? You have to respond to what I say. Please go ahead. I'm maybe, sorry. Maybe I was about to tell a funny story about how no, I No, no, no. I'm excited for this this, this story. Maybe we'll see if it's There's not much of a story. As if you jacked one, off for, and you recorded it 330 times last year. For day one, it was just a, a video of me watching soccer on TV. So it's not a very exciting <laughs> Jack, Jack video. <laughs> You can just tell by the way the camera's moving. That's what happens. The camera's not focused on me. I love Messi. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, but it is fun because there's like, there's some mundane stuff of just hanging around the dog. And then there's like cool stuff. We're on a game or on a vacation or something. So it's cool. It's a cool app. I don't know if I'm going to keep up with it all year. I'm going to try. And if, even if I only have, you know, most days at the end of the year rather than all of them, I think it'll be fun to look back on. Jordan really liked looking back on it. Um, so yeah, one second every day. One Maybe second can... every day, one SE. And this is, yeah. we can find this on like the Apple store or Android store. Yeah, I assume so. I found it on the Apple store. That's where so sure the Android okay. users can do it. Yeah. Oh, cool little app. Check it out. It, it, it's, okay. it sounds really cool. Yep. Aaron, I've had such a wonderful time talking to you this evening. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Thanks for having me, Johnny. Best wishes in the intervening days.